98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is time for all of today's top sports stories in one place. It's Wolfing down your lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the fallout continues surrounding the NBA's suspension of Robert Sarver. And NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is actually talking right now about the situation. So as soon as we get that sound, we will play it all for you. But here's ESPN's Richard Jefferson. I know multiple former Phoenix Suns players, obviously from, from, from our job and what we do, and just different guys that I know. None of, none of this surprised any of them. When the story came out from Baxter Holmes, it was like, oh, yeah, that's Sounds about right. Or I would hear stories before this. So there, there, in my opinion, there probably should have been more players speaking up, not just the employees. And I, I know that this included players, and I know there wasn't a ton of players that 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 put their like names and, and and ideas behind it. But I know that there were a ton of players that had experiences. These are just the things that show up in the report. They didn't get everything in the report. They just got what people were willing to tell them because I know that there was so much more. How do you think this all ends? So when that year suspension is up, what is it now? I think what is it probably going to be the first. I don't know how much we're going to see in the next few weeks, Wolf, but like the first couple months, maybe we'll see something. I mean, like Aaron just said, Adam Silver speaking. But I think the first month or two of the season is going to be telling because if Suns players speak out or if people speak out at Suns games or opposing play, whatever, then I think that really tells us that the story is is not done. No, I think you're right on that. Listen, um, it makes me think that we're not going to hear much from the Suns going forward because there's no way in the world they brought this punishment down on Robert Sarver without clearing it or talking about it with Chris Paul, correct? I mean, is that an assumption right now that, that we can say? Um, no, we can't. We can speculate on it, though. That much I'll tell you. How in the world this wasn't already spoken to and talked about? To Chris Paul, I have no idea. That would, they had to. Have. That would make a lot of sense. I could also see the NBA, although they've been more progressive. Obviously, they put the 43 pages up on, on a website. I mean, the NFL is never going to do that with Daniel Snyder and all no. that stuff. But uh, but I could also see the NBA saying, yeah, look, we value Chris's opinion, but this is our investigation, too. So, I, I mean, it could that really could go either way. Right. I, I guess the reason why I'm so sure that they had conversations with the leadership is pure speculation, yes. But why would you do that? Only give him a year suspension and a $10 million fine if you were just going to get ridiculed and blown up all over again by the players. Before the Cardinals turned the page to their Week 2 opponent, Cards linebacker Nick Vigil discussed how improved communication needs to be atop the Cardinals' to-do list after that ugly loss to the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the things that happened in the game uh, just came down to communication. Um, and so that's definitely something we can clean up. Um, but yeah, to, to even have a chance in this league, everybody's got to be on the same page. He went on to say... I mean, I, I can't really say exactly what changed, but uh, I mean, it was just early on that was... 
you know, that was the first reps we've got as a group, you know, together. Um, and I, I think it showed, uh, you know, early on in the game. Um, and so, yeah, we just got to be better in communication. Um, just make that a point of emphasis going forward. So as we know, Isaiah Simmons had the green dot in game one. Do you think the miscommunication Vigil is speaking about starts with Simmons? Well, I mean, quite literally, it might start with him if he's the guy with the green dot. But I, I really, I know I've said this a few times as an answer to a few different questions, but I, I really think the Cardinals had a lot of problems on Sunday, but one of them that was very apparent was they didn't have any reps together as a team. A guy like Nick Vigil wasn't on this team last year. That's why you have some reps in the preseason, not because individuals aren't going to be good if they don't have it. They're NFL players. It's that collectively guys look like they're on the same page. Yeah, no, it's it's a huge issue going forward right now. I, I honestly, if in fact Isaiah Simmons has the green dot, their communication is going to happen to improve tremendously on the field. And if, in fact, that does happen, um, there'll be no issues going forward. But if they have another problem, another game where Isaiah Simmons has the green dot and there's communication problems on the field, I don't think we'll see Isaiah Simmons wearing a green dot once again. So as the Cardinals gear up for their matchup with the Raiders, is there a greater sense of urgency? Here's Kyler Murray when he spoke to reporters today. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. I think um, if there wasn't, you know, then it's just... When you get beat like that, you know, at home, uh, game one, yeah, it's got to, it's got to be a, it's got to be a wake up call for whoever you know felt complacent or whatever um, internally. You know, you got to look in the mirror individually, and um, you know, do you really want to be here? Do you really want to be great? Like, what, what, what drives you? Like, um, those are the questions I feel like you know uh, need to be asked. I'm with Kyler. Can I just say that right now? I'm with Kyler. Yeah. If you're not, what is your problem? What is it? You know, that was one of the great things about being a professional athlete. One of the great things about being an NFL player, by the way, it really didn't matter. You didn't have to like the owner. You didn't have to like the general manager. You didn't have to like your teammate. You didn't have to like anybody. Seriously. It's the biggest mercenary league on the face of the planet. We say you go out and do your job. I... I, You don't have to like anybody. These guys who need the stars aligned and everything's got to be in place for them to go out and play. Oh man, those are the guys you're going to lose with. They will. You're you're going to lose with those guys. That's the that's the best part about it. Be a man. Be your own man. Go out and ball out. Those are the sort of comments I was talking about on Monday that I don't think we get from Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, a year ago they were winning every game at the start of the season. So let's say two years ago, I don't think you get those comments. That that is not that is not Kyler Murray, and I think this is important because fans don't want to hear it, and I don't think players need to hear it. Of oh, okay, well, you know, it was just one game, and we've got sixteen more, and it'll be fine, and calm down. That's Kyler Murray saying, if you don't want to be here, we need to figure it out. Sense of urgency, and if you don't have it, what's your problem going forward? Yeah, right on, Kyler. Because I think it's easy to watch that game and say if you didn't have a sense of urgency for week one why am I supposed to believe you collectively can flip it for week two 
But it sounds like Kyler Murray had the sense of urgency going into week one, and it sounds like he certainly is willing to hold people, including himself, accountable if they don't have it in week two. I mean, right now you are grasping for for any sort of positivity going into this game if you're a Cardinals fan, and I think the majority of it is actually coming from the quarterback right now. All right, that was Wolfen Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, when we come back, what does Max Starks think happened to the Cardinals against Kansas City? We're going to ask the two-time Super Bowl champion. Maximum football begins next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum football. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Max Starks is joining us now. That also means it's a Wednesday. It is maximum football here. And uh, Max is probably basking in the reflective glow of a Steelers overtime win over the Bengals. So let's not let's not uh, delay the inevitable here. Let's just let Max talk. Go ahead. Go ahead, Max. Guys, guys, first of all, (laughs) hey, how you doing? We're having a good week. You you guys doing good? Health good? Family good? Everything okay? We're doing fantastic. Um, my defense was great for the Steelers. <laughs> but Your defense. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm taking ownership. If I'm, I'm on the sidelines okay. and I'm taking and I grab Gatorades out the side, I mean, technically, I'm a part of the team, right? <laughs> I <laughs> guess. That's how that works. I, I never realized. I mean, I, 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 wear, I wear the shirt. You know, I sit on the side. I, I high-five guys, you know, in good plays. I mean, I'm a glorified towel boy with a microphone. That's essentially what I am. <laughs> and you could tell Calvisi the same thing. Well, it's all good. I, I will, yeah. too. You are a part of the team. You're just, you're just a glorified towel boy with a microphone. Max, um, I think I'd probably lean yeah. on the fact. Do you have two Super Bowl rings with that team? That probably gets you a little more cred than the uh, stealing their Gatorade. Yeah. You know, it, it allows me to steal their gallery, okay. actually. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other guy would have an issue. Uh, no, but I, I think when you look at the game, it was it was a hard-fought game. I mean, the defense just came out electric. That's really what kept us in that contest. I think offensively, there's a lot of questions to be asked about the offense. Um, you know, being able to only muster up 10 points off of five turnovers is troublesome, and it's annoying, and it's something that they've got to clean up. And good thing is they have a New England team that I think they can actually get back on their feet on after watching them against the, uh, the Dolphins. So, yeah, it was a good win. It was just a good victory. I mean, this one of 17 that, you, that, that you're going to have to go through, I'm not going to gloat about it because it could have easily not been a victory for us. We could have easily have lost that game still. It must be nice to be talking about a win. All right, I get it. Exactly. Um, I'm going to get uh, down in the weeds right now, and I'm just going to say okay. it's okay. Your thoughts on the Chiefs game? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Can I, I'm going to just put it this way. Three yeah. words. Yeah. Preseason snaps matter. <laughs> That's, you're not going to get any disagreement on this show. You're not. It just... Look. It, and they were one, and they were one of eight teams that looked like that. So yeah. they're not alone. A third of the NFL looked exactly like that. Just about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're, they're so they're fine, but. This is this is this is what it was. The last regular season snaps that crew had was in Los Angeles, California, earlier this year, 
and it looked similar, and they did nothing along the way with live reps to get themselves ready for this season, to get ready for this game. And you went up against an AFC championship caliber team in the, in the Kansas City Chiefs, and the, and Patrick Mahomes played a lot in the preseason, and it looked like it when he played. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You know, you have to wonder if if this this new technique of not playing players in preseason games, any preseason, you have to wonder if this is going to go. This, this is how you know it's a problem. We were talking to Max about this last week, and the game hadn't even happened yet. That's yes. how you know yeah. it's a problem. <laughs> well, and it has to. I mean, there's tangible results. You're saying if ele- if eleven teams are going to sit. Three yeah. out of those 11 have a shot at winning the game because the team right. they were going against was that much more inferior. But the other eight, it's going to be a tough loss. And like I said, it wasn't, y'all. Las Vegas went through a similar thing. So the team, the team that, 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 that you're going up to play, they just, they, they're licking their wounds from this very similar thing. Aaron Rodgers is also dealing with the same thing. You know, there's plenty of teams and you're in the NFC, which is, which I think is, is good. Um, because the opportunity for you to rebound is a lot greater in the NFC yeah. than it is right now in the AFC. Yep. Um, so, and look at, look at what Dallas looks like right now. Would you rather be Arizona or Dallas after a loss? I'm thinking I'd rather be a Cardinal. Uh, you know, and, and, and that one, and, and that one's going to be an even tougher one for them. And so, and I don't think Philly's as great as everybody wants to think because you allowed 35 points. You allowed them to come back on you in the Detroit Lions. So, it's still a very much wide open case. I'm not going to overreact. I think this Cardinal squad is still good enough to get things together, but it's going to take health and it's going to take them being open and honest and willing to get better. Kyler's going to have to do a better job of leading. The offensive line is going to have to do a better job of regrouping and getting together um, to deal with injuries and missing time. You've got to make those those guys all feel like one big happy soup that you can pl- plug and play. And then defensively, it's going to still, I think, have to stop the run. The run is going to be a big part of this. Yeah. If you if you want to get anywhere this season, uh, talking to Max Starks, obviously joining us for Maximum Football. I have an audio here from Isaiah Simmons, who spoke today, and I haven't heard it yet. But they asked him about his first game with the Green Dot. I mean, it's a little more difficult just for the fact of you know, like you have to talk a lot more. So, um, just making sure I was adamant about uh, making sure all ten guys had the call. So, um, with that, also comes your own communication within the play. So, I mean, it's a little harder to. Be conditioned for that, I'd say, but um, that's really the biggest thing. So, Max, I mean, we we have we heard from Nick Vigil earlier saying communication was kind of an issue, and he's not the only one. And just watching that game, you could tell pre-snap communication was an issue. Not not just with Isaiah Simmons, just in general with the Cardinals. Maybe because they didn't have preseason. But from your perspective, when you're when you're on an offense and you see a defense looking maybe a little confused before the snap, what does that tell you? Tells you that they have a lot more work to do. Mm-hmm. That was almost like a surprise. Like, hey, by the way, Isaiah, mm, Green Dot, you're done. You're done. We're not giving it. We're not giving it to Saban. No, you got it. We can't take it off. It's already stuck on the back of your helmet. You're, you're. Yep, that's you. So, I mean, it's just this is where I'm going to say it again. Three words, right, Wolf? Pre preseason snaps matter. Yeah. <laughs> That man needs to have that green dot here's, in the preseason and worked it. Yeah, here's the one thing. I, I, I mean, again, Cliff didn't play last year, uh, the, the preseason before. 2021 preseason. Cliff did not play a lot of his starters at all. I, Kyler had, what, uh, seven reps? 
yeah. or something like that. I think you can get away with he not playing Kyler. I just think you got to play the other guys. He didn't play a lot of the starters even in, in that season, going into 2021, and they got off to a 7-0 and start. I, I'm wondering, though, maybe this... Is this the anomaly, 2022, or was 2021 the anomaly? And do you see Cliff actually changing his approach on how he handles these players in the preseason? Okay, let's think. 2021, let's see, you had a healthy Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Chandler Jones, um, Jordan Hicks. Uh, <laughs> you just keep naming guys. That's six guys you don't have from a year ago that played together. And you now have a Hollywood Brown, Greg Dortch, right? Um, you have new guys subbing into the offensive line. And... You don't have Chandler Jones coming off the edge to have a tremendous sack performance in game one. That, that all matters. And you also had a disgruntled Marcus Golden um, leading up to this game. So it wasn't the same chemistry as a year ago. And that's the whole point of why you needed to go in the preseason and at least have some reps together. Just to go through the paces to just knock out anything that would have been rust. And newness, right? The, the the new car scent in the car when you get in it for the first time, mm. just to get that worn in. You want to sit in there like, okay, yep, this feels like my car. I see a Cheeto right there in between the seat and the uh, and the and the cup holder. All right, this is my car. You got none of that. You don't need it. Like you know, it's it's like getting in a car and not knowing its push button versus an actual column shifter in a car to get to get from park to drive. They didn't do any of that with all these new pieces. So that that's the only reason why I say. It's not an anomaly if you're going to have turnover at a bunch of positions. You need to actually get them together to actually see what they look like just at some point before you actually roll them out there for the beginning of the season. And don't tell me that joint practices count because they cut it short and they didn't go to full length yeah. because everybody was dinged up. So that's where I just say, no, I can't. I, can't, I think this is I, more of Max, if you I, do that, it's it. I, I do believe there is evidence that a lot of coaches are going to look at from this preseason and say, you know what, man? We're just going to have to change our approach as to what we're doing. I honestly think we're going to see that. And I think Max just sort of hit on it right there. We can get back into this when we we come back. But, I mean, I think that there's you you have to be aware of the situation you're in, too. A year ago, maybe the Cardinals didn't need the preseason reps. But, again, I mean, this is frustrating because we were talking about this for three weeks leading up to the actual game. And then it played out exactly the way we feared it might play out. Because they had so many new guys they hadn't played together. I will always believe that you need preseason reps. That's just me. Because I, 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 I would feel totally naked going out and playing week one without having any preseason reps. Yeah. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what was Max Stark's biggest takeaway from week one across the league? Maximum football continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum for Maximum for Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Yes, Max Starks is here. Maximus. 
Um, I want to go around the, the just the NFL in general here, Max. The rule is we're going to let you pick where we go, okay? But you can't you can't bring up the Steelers since we've already talked about them. So you got to go with somebody else. The the top storyline that just the first thing that jumps to your mind after this first week of the season. I can tell you for me as a launching off point, the fact that playoff teams from last year went five and nine in Week One. That is it's something. It's noteworthy. Whatever it is. Okay, absolutely. Um, you know what? I want to look at, and we'll make it. We'll make this one an easy one. Let's stay in the NFC. Uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Just kind of how that preseason matters. Once again, new pieces for Aaron Rodgers. Right? He does not have MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling. For those that don't know, right? I know. Um, Alan, MVS Alan is so much easier. Yeah, it is, right? <laughs> um, you don't have Alan Lazard. You don't have Devontae Adams. Uh, you don't have the entire left side of your offensive line. Oops. So what do you do in those situations? You rely heavily on your tight end and your running backs, right? A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. And then on top of that, you're going up against a Minnesota team that if you don't have your left side, you don't run the football. Aaron Jones touches the ball 10 times total. Um, and when Aaron does not have a rapport with those receivers, it makes it even more so. And you see Minnesota transversely, right, ran the football effectively, just absolutely got after Aaron Rodgers and put him under pressure, especially when you know there's missing linemen. And... I know they did this a year ago where they lost embarrassingly to who? The Saints when they went to Jacksonville after the whole hurricane-adjusted game site. But I don't see them being those Packers of last year. And so now you kind of have to say, okay, has a king finally fallen off the roost uh, in the NFC side, right? Two-time MVP. Is it now time for somebody else to assume the king of the north uh, for the NFC? And is that Minnesota? So I just thought that was a good game and wanted to get you guys thoughts about NFC North matchups. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, can I just jump right ahead to Monday Night Football? (laughs) There we go. That's what we're going to end up anyway. What we saw right there. Yeah. I mean, Max, Nathaniel Hackett chose the second longest field goal in NFL history <laughs> over putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands on a fourth and five. He has since, of course, come out and said, that was my bad, a mea culpa by Nathaniel Hackett. Here, well, I have it right here. This, this oh, is yeah, actually this is admitting great. it was the wrong call. Looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. One of those things, you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. But in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. We were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards. Getting that there would have definitely been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards, but um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down, and then you hit the mark. 46-yard line was where we wanted to be, and we got there, so we had to make the decision if we wanted to give it to Brandon, and we did. Didn't work. Sucks, but hey, that's part of it. For me, I cannot believe Russell Wilson wasn't fighting Nathaniel Hackett on the sideline. Your thoughts yeah. on that, Bags? Um, was that Nathaniel Hacker or was that Matt LaFleur? Oh, oh right. man. That's right. Wow. My That's bad. Oh, oh, wait a second. You know what? Maybe it was the OC of Green Bay that made that decision, told the head coach what to do. Oh, that's right. Oh, He's now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Yes. Maybe there's a trend. Here. Just saying. There, there's no accident here. I got to <laughs> Two say. franchise quarterbacks, two decisions to kick a field goal when you don't put the ball in the guy you paid a whole 
heck of a lot of money to. And what is the result? You're 0 for 2. Once is an accident, twice is a trend. Just saying. I give him credit for saying, okay, yeah, that, it, we, we should have gone for it. But Wolf, I got to say, I gave him more credit before I played that clip. Or if you just play the first five seconds of that clip where he's like, yeah, we should have gone for it. But when he starts to say, well, our, our, our line was the 46, like, so your plan is to have Brandon McManus kick a 64-yard field goal? 63 yards, depending on, I guess, how close to the 46 you are. Max, though, as, as, a, as a player in this league, I mean, if your coach, he botched it on Monday night. There's no way around it. For him to then come out the next day and say, yeah, that was the wrong call. I, I have to think if I were a player on that team, I would at least respect that. I'm pissed, regardless of whatever the coach says. Because if I'm live and in the moment and we got a rhythm going... I want to go with the quarterback. The quarterback wanted to go. The quarterback wanted to go on that. So I'm going to tr- I'm going to trust the guy I've, I've been out here battling to protect and his decision on what he sees from back there and my job to go out there and protect him to make sure I make him right. But you take all of that power out of his hands because you didn't expect a guy to you didn't expect it to be as good a play as you anticipated. That's not a good enough excuse. <laughs> That's de- hell no. <laughs> ah, he did better than expected. Oh, well, we're still going to go for it because we hit we hit my mark. We hit my analytics mark. This is where Brandon McManus, who only takes three steps to kick a ball off into the back of the end zone, should be kicking a field goal to win the game. Or how about this? Let's make it a little bit easier for Brandon. Brandon, worst case scenario, we got time on the clock. Why not try and go for that play and design something that's going to help us have an easier time than trying to rely on almost a record NFL kick for us to win a game? Just maybe. So, Max, um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, did you hear about what happened here in, in regard to imploring team leaders to support Trey Lance? Did you happen to see this? Jay Glazer reported this. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, this is good. No, I, I mean, honestly, right now, um, week one, <laughs> and you're imploring these guys. Uh, your thoughts on this? I mean, are, are we are we trending towards Philadelphia a couple years ago? I mean, I'm just asking. I'm just asking for a friend. You know, I mean, when Carson Wentz is back in there, like, hey, this is our pick, guys. But wait a second. We just won a whole bunch of games with this other guy sitting over here. The guy that you actually, you know, completely Joe Clarked him, right? You locked him out of the building, wouldn't allow him to come in. Right. Uh, <laughs> and now and now that we're like, eh, this guy doesn't look good. I know what he can do. I still don't know what this guy can do. You're kind um, of enjoying. This I can tell a little bit. No, what me? That's a lot of laughing, Max. Never, man. But it's just there's too many parallels. Every day, you know. And I appreciate Wolf is just setting me up and allowing me to spike it. I appreciate that, Wolf. Yes. But the fact that you have to talk guys into liking someone, you know, that's like when a parent goes to school and they're like, hey, listen, let me give you 10 bucks to sit at lunch with Billy, okay? Just 10 bucks. Don't say anything. Don't look. Just act excited, okay? Here's 10 bucks. I'll do it. I'll do the same tomorrow if he enjoyed this, if he enjoyed the experience, okay? I need you guys to really make him feel comfortable. No. You need to go in the lunchroom and figure out who your friends are or sit by yourself until you've earned the respect and say, hey, I want to go sit with that guy. Not have your parents coming in and tell 
telling you because that's essentially what you have with with the brass up top trying to t- trying to implore. We're imploring using big vocab Listen, words to get to get yeah. somebody to like somebody. Come on, check this out, Max. This is Jay Glazer. Listen closely to what he had to say. There. Hey, let's stay on quarterbacks here. Trey Lance, second year, now with San Francisco as the starter. The question is though, what happens if he starts to stumble? Have they ensured a way to make sure he succeeds this so year? The day that they got Jimmy Garoppolo to restructure and coming back as their backup. Their head coach, Kyle Shannon and John Lynch, gathered 15 team captains. They said, guys, we need your support here. we got to make sure that you get Trey's back because there's going to be some bumpy roads ahead. we got to make sure with every incompletion, every interception, that people aren't clamoring to move on to Jimmy. We've got to make sure we have your support. Do we have it? All 15. Didn't hesitate. You, we got his back. That's a lot of captains. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> See that? Yeah, is it exactly. right there? Like Bill Belichick. roster. Max, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I didn't did Everybody the exact, gets a captain. Bill Belichick did the exact <laughs> same thing when he cut Bernie Kozar. He brought all of us captains up to his office and asked us face to face Got it. Had to have a, a verbal answer as to whether or not we were on board with him but, or but not. I would say, though, and we got to hit the break, but that's a little bit different because he was making the decision to move a guy out. Like, now you're just pretending there isn't a problem. Right. And you have both the quarter. It's it's, it's highly entertaining from where we're sitting. Uh, week two of Bick's Picks. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up one second. What, what what was the end of that season, Wolf? What, what, how how'd y'all finish the season? Yeah, it did not end well. Okay, that, I, that, that's all I wanted. Vinny Go ahead, Luke, roll the break. <laughs> Max coming in here driving. Text pick to 62620 to sign up. Compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV. Courtesy of Corona Extra, weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 62620 to enter. When we come back, what is on Kyler Murray's mind heading into week two. He just spoke to the media, so we'll tell you what he had to say next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Max Please welcome us from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Max Starks is here, and Kyler Murray is talking. So, Wolf, I'm going to play some of this. This is Kyler. Since this has been a um, this has been a talking point, certainly, for the last, I don't know, 48, 72 hours, practice and a sense of urgency. Let's start with Kyler talking about practice today. Price was great. Price was great. Energy was good. Um, yeah. And the follow-up was if there is a heightened sense of urgency around this team. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. I think... Um, if there wasn't, you know, then it's just you, when you get beat like that, you know, at home, uh, game one, yeah, it's got to it's got to be a it's got to be a wake up call for whoever you know felt complacent or whatever um, internally. You know, you got to look in the mirror individually, and um, you know, do you really want to be here? Do you really want to be great? Like, what 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 drives you? Like, um, those are the questions I feel like you know uh, need to be asked. Max, there was not much good in that game for the Cardinals on Sunday. But if you're looking for anything, Kyler Murray, the, his comments after the game and his, and his comments today right there, that sounds like a guy that – it sounds like stuff he maybe wouldn't have said outwardly to the media a year or two ago. Is there any way that we look back later in the season and say, if they were going to lose week one anyway, maybe embarrassing is was was a good thing because it woke them up? 
I mean, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if I really want that as my example. Well, um, we're here now. When you're go- yeah, I mean, when you're going into the fourth quarter, what was it, 37 to 7, Wolf, at the end of the third quarter? Yeah, I th- I'm trying to think. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just I can't sit there and say, oh my gosh, this was a great wake up call for us. The team that, you know, we're coming in expecting to avenge last season's letdown, and we're going up against a top tier, top caliber team in Kansas City who happens to have just as good, if not maybe a little bit better, quarterback at Pat Mahomes. Um, we're going to go put our best foot forward. And you put your best foot forward, and they go down the field on you 10 plus play drives three times in a row and score. And yes, you do get a touchdown in there in the fourth quarter, or in the first quarter, but after that, let's see punt, punt, yeah. downs, punt, punt. Okay. Then you we get, get it. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> we, I mean, we get I mean, it, Max. No, no. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I'm not panicking about the Cardinals. <laughs> I still I still really like the Cardinals, but it's a you got to have that bitter truth in there. You got to have yes. that accountability yes. set in place yes. that this is not good enough and words saying I accept responsibility are not good enough. Actions have to speak louder than words. I know we don't want to talk about it cuz we're brushing it under the rug about the whole film watching clause with money and how disrespectful that was da 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 but you have to go in now especially now your own one you have to work harder than everyone else you got a contract that was that was well deserved ridiculous in amount you have to go prove them right and you need to work harder on the field off the field away from the field then come on the game field on Sundays and show them what you've done in the wood shop that's what you have to do from this point forward to reinstill that trust and to recapture what it is that you are which is a franchise leader by the contract that's dictated go be that guy and you have to hold people accountable and you also have to be held accountable as well that's the other thing that's been missing the last couple years the accountability to that one has not been there and that has to be there and it has to show from the top to the bottom that this is I don't want you to treat me equally I just want you to treat me fairly okay that's it yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't know mentally. I don't know if he blew any audibles. I don't know if he blew any calls mentally, any reads, whatever it may be. But I thought physically watching Kyler, I thought he was okay. I thought he actually played okay compared to a lot of other guys. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it does. But, you know, to whom much is given, much, much is expected. Sure. So, it, you know, if we're going to heap praise on on Kyler when there's a victory he also has to be able to take a big piece of the blame pie when it's a, when it's a loss and i think that's one of the things that it sounded better from that clip you played yeah but the actions the actions wolf must also dictate thus indeed if well, if you're going to be a better team they but you got to start somewhere there's also you do. A, a question here could have started in the preseason though <laughs> oh, that's okay what that's for. we get it um, preseason they asked him uh, they asked kyler if he's learned how to lose better i haven't heard the answer yet so i'm as, as interested as you are on this one i think uh, i think there's like a fine line of like um, taking taking 
taking what you know what happened and taking um, you know the experience and, and, and taking that and using that to get better the next week um, you know coaching guys where 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 do we mess up where can we get better what was I thinking what was he thinking um, and grow that way because the difference is between you know college it's like one game matters you know the NFL you can still make the playoffs you can still like it's different in college so um I don't want to say those games mean more. No, every game that matters, you know, to me is equal. But um, it's definitely you got to be. You can't. You can't just be down in the dumps. You know, you got to get over it. And you got to. You got to. You got another team the next weekend. So that again doesn't sound necessarily like the Kyler Murray from a year or two ago. Even if he felt that way, just that's a forty-three second clip, Wolf. I mean, two years ago when we were playing Kyler Murray clips after losses, they were five seconds, and it was just all right. He almost had the. He conveyed the attitude of like, why do I have to answer these questions? You know, whether that yeah. was because he wanted to be on the field getting better or he just didn't feel like it was important to have to talk about it. Now he's out there, and again, it's one week, but it's a week after a one of their more embarrassing losses that I can remember, other than maybe the Rams game last year, Max. Yeah, no, I mean, th- like I said, there's progress in there, but... Once again, with with the words, I need to see the actions. I want to hear about said actions as well, because I think you're right. You have to start somewhere. Well, you could have started in the preseason um, (laughs) working on this communication things that you're talking about. Hey, what did he do? What did I do? That would have been a great time to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, this essentially he's treating it like it was the fourth preseason game. Yes, Um, exactly. So I appreciate it. It's better, but it can still be better than that. It's not best yet. I think Max feels like the Cardinals should have played some of these guys in the preseason. Wolf, I don't know. I don't know. If just you're, a couple. I, yeah, I, just I a have, couple. I have. It's this. just I'm so fascinated. I cannot wait to see what happens next preseason. Well, I, I, right I, 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 I know. Yes. I don't know who's yes. to me. I can't wait for preseason football in 2023. Teams that uh, that didn't play any of their offensive starters, so not just not you know not just the quarterback, but teams that weren't playing their offensive starters yes. in the preseason went three and seven yep. in week one, and then twelve eight and two teams that played in the preseason. Somebody just sent me that from Bet Ohio. I didn't even know Bet Ohio was a site, but, a site, but they're the ones that did the research. And to your point, I mean, 23 points a game if you played in the preseason, 16 points a game if you didn't play in the preseason. Uh, about, about 20, about, about, yeah, 26 more yards per game. Uh, two more first downs per game on average. Like, it is just one year, and you do have to look at who sure. some of the teams are, right? right? The Kansas City played in the preseason. They were going to put up better stats anyway because they're Kansas City, but boy, Especially in a city like this, it's uh, it, it looked very apparent that the Cardinals weren't uh, completely up to speed going into week one. All right, when we come back, what will be the Cardinals' key to stopping the Raiders next week? Maximum football continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.